Welcome to Formula One with Mike and Manch. We're now on to our 10th episode, and this episode we'll be talking about the Monaco Grand Prix, the most famous race of them all, and what to expect this weekend. This episode's just going to be Mike here as uh, Manch left me yet again. You know, he had some something serious come up. He had an anime convention out in Montana that he said he just couldn't skip. Uh, if you're thinking what I'm thinking, I'm just shocked. It's crazy. I don't know. Uh, I mean, I mean, Manch is a huge anime guy, but needless to say, he was really stoked on going out to that in Montana. I mean, that's probably going to be a scene, but yeah, that's one of his big hobbies. So let's get into this. We're going to start off the podcast with a little history on the race and what happened last year. So last year, Perez came in first place. We had Sainz come in second, Verstappen third, Leclerc fourth, Russell fifth, Lando Norris sixth, Alonso seventh, Lewis Hamilton eighth, Botas ninth, and Vettel tenth. Now, what you're seeing here is Mercedes, Ferrari, Red Bull, all in the top eight. You see an Alpine with Alonso who switched teams at seventh and Norris at sixth, which is going to be interesting. We're going to talk about that later. And Botas and Vettel. This is a race that is very, very important to have a veteran driver. It does not fare well for these young guys, and it's it's a very tricky race. It's probably the hardest race. You know what I'm going to say? It's the hardest race of the entire season. You know, this is a street circuit. This is crazy. They're going through the entire city of Monaco. I mean, it's a wild race, and let's compare it. This is this is Formula One Super Bowl because a championship can be won on any race weekend. I mean, we're probably going to see Verstappen or Perez win it very, very early unless one of them doesn't bow out to the other one. But, I mean, this is, this is Formula One Super Bowl. This is the creme de la creme of Formula One racing. This is what everyone watches. This is the most important race of the year. I mean, one driver said a win here is worth two anywhere else. That's how important Monaco is. And let's get into some fun facts, shall we? Now, with this being the most important race of the year and probably of all time, Let's talk about when it started. This race has been going on since 1929. So it's it's almost going to be at 100 years old, which is crazy to think about. Just imagine what these guys were racing in 90 years ago. It's, I mean, I, I thought people were on horses 100 years ago, but hey, I'm not the, not the smartest guy. But let's talk about the most wins ever at Monaco. At number five spot, we have Red Bull with six wins. I expect them to go up to seven after this weekend, but we shall see. At the four spot, we have a team that no longer exists in Lotus with seven wins. Three spot, we have Mercedes with eight wins. And at the second spot, we have Ferrari with 10 wins. And the number one spot, I know Manch will be happy to hear this. McLaren with 15 wins. And this is this is just a race that's really hard to overtake. So pole position is very, very, very vital. I mean, if there's not a lot of overtaking because this is a crazy street circuit. And a former Formula One driver has compared this to 
this race to trying to do circles in your living room. And I mean, could you imagine having your car in your living room? And not only does this circuit have crazy tight lanes that you have to race in, it's also right by the ocean. And you know what I was thinking when I first thought about that? Has anyone ever crashed into the ocean in Monaco? No, there's no way. They would have prevented that, right? Well, it's happened. And it's happened to two people, Alberto Ascari and Paul Hawkins, back in the early Formula One days, which is, I mean, think about it from now, this perspective of today. These guys can't get out of the car without pulling out the steering wheel. So they would be stuck in the car. They have a crazy seatbelt, the halo. Their feet are locked like low down in these cars. Well, not locked in, but they're they gotta like crawl into the car. So that would that's just terrifying to think about. And just some just some more fun facts about Monaco for this race. Monaco has more police per capita than anywhere else in the world, which is crazy. And Monaco is also smaller than Central Park. So just imagine Central Park's huge, but just imagine the city, how tightly packed it is. This is how chaotic this race is. And residents in Monaco live longer than anywhere else in the world, which maybe it's because they have a Formula One race to look forward to. If I had a Formula One race to look forward to and I could watch it from my balcony, I'd surely want to live a very, very long time and see as many races as possible. And with it being so tightly packed as a city, it actually takes two months to set up. Now, most of these races, they set up within like a couple weeks, a month or two. Now, Monaco, this takes two months to set up, which is just crazy because they have to shut down the whole city for when this race is happening. And I mean, the whole, this is a whole like community thing, like their whole probably economy for the summertime runs around this race, which is just crazy. And this race is pretty interesting because it gives a lot of perspectives that no other race can really give you. And I, we already talked about it being right next to the ocean, how crazy this street circuit is, how small and tight it is. But you also go through a tunnel, you go through a swimming pool section, and you go through the casino square. Which, when you're watching this through your TV, it feels like you're going through multiple cities. It's crazy, and it's so much fun to watch. And this race actually does have the slowest corner in Formula 1. Granted, these cars are going upwards of 180, 200 miles per hour. These guys got to slow down to like, to like probably 30, 40 miles an hour to get around this tight, tight turn. You'll see it. This turn will probably take out a couple drivers, and we just need to pray that it does not rain because it will get ugly. It will get ugly out there. With that being said, let's move on to our expectations for this race. Now, this race does not necessarily benefit anyone who has the straight line speed because you do have these slow corners, and it's very hard to overtake. So that's what I was talking about earlier. Now, qualifying is very, very important for this race because where you qualify is pretty much where you might finish. There's not a lot of overtakes. There's a DRS zone, but 
like you don't really want to be risky on this track because if you go off, you're not going into a gravel pit or you're not going over a, into like where there's a vast amount of concrete where you can just get back on the track. No, you're going into a wall. You're totaling your car. You might be taking someone out and you might be taking out your teammate, which could just destroy your race weekend. So these guys know to kind of not be as aggressive, but just to, you know, slow it down a little bit because it's going to cost teams a lot of money if they take someone out. And, you know, let's let's talk about Red Bull and our expectations for them. Like I said earlier, this race doesn't benefit the straight line speed, but at the same time, it, it will because for the qualifying session, when you're out there on the track alone, Red Bull is going to be able to clock in a top. I would be shocked if both Red Bulls didn't finish in the top four. Only team that I can really think will give them a push is Ferrari because we have seen Ferrari have great qualifying times but it's when they have to do it for multiple laps that the red bull just pulls away so we could see a Leclerc or signs fight checo or verstappen for that pole position but I, I would honestly be shocked if we didn't see a red bull driver on pole because we all know perez is one of the greatest street circuit drivers we have in formula one and then we also know that max verstappen is one of the best drivers on the grid i know manch would not no manch would agree but he probably wouldn't want to say it so i expect red bull to do very good this weekend if both those guys aren't on the podium it's a failure it is a failure for red bull because they have the best car and it's not even close let's talk about ferrari last year we saw charles leclerc on pole it's his hometown race and there is a little bit of a curse with him in his hometown race because his first four times racing here he got dnfs and last year when when ferrari i'm sorry was at the very front of the constructors championship and leclerc was fighting for that driver's championship you hear the famous, no, 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 no. What are we doing? What are we doing? And that is because they had signs come in the pit. They also told Leclerc the pit. And you see on the TV, Charles Leclerc has to stop his car and wait for signs to get his pit stop. Then he goes through. And as he's waiting for that pit stop, they tell him not to box. And you could just hear the frustration going through him. This is his hometown race. Everyone wants to win their hometown race. And he finished in fourth ultimately, but I mean, he 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 had first place in his hands, and that's how Checo Perez ended up winning last year. Let's talk about Mercedes. Do I expect Mercedes to do very well? Yeah, I do. They have Lewis Hamilton. They have an upcoming driver in George Russell, who's been putting in phenomenal times on qualifying and is kind of been doing a little bit better than Lewis in my in my opinion uh we saw Russell get fifth last year Hamilton get eighth Hamilton got passed by Alonzo late in the race last year that was tough to see this is where Hamilton's experience experience winning this race will really come into play and we'll see his veteran leadership help Russell on this course as well I don't expect them to start at the front of the grid, but I do expect them to be able to stay in front of the car ahead of them and maybe even 
fight Alonzo for that for that third place best car. I do expect that. Um, I don't know what like for her. I'm sorry, Mercedes is just such a wild card that you really never know what to expect from them because Toto Wolf always downplays expectations. He says, "Oh, our car sucks. You know, we're never gonna, we're not competing for a world championship this year." Meanwhile, they're the the fourth best team right now. So I, I'm, it, it's a really confusing um, team to get a grasp on. So I'm not going to, I'm not really sure what my expectations are for them, but let's move on to Aston Martin. I expect Alonzo to do very, very well in this race. Him being a formula one driver for as long as he has been, he probably can do this circuit blindfolded I mean I would not be shocked if he could I mean it's Alonzo but I mean I'm just this car is going to be very very interesting because he could I could see him coming in third and I can see him coming in six just because of this qualifying time I think Ferrari is gonna do pretty well but at the end of the day anyone can nick any wall and totally destroy their time and with me just saying all of that I mean he'll probably end up on podium yet again but we shall see because I do really believe that Ferrari is going to have a good advantage on this race because they can put up good qualifying times and we have seen them Sainz and Leclerc do a little bit better than Alonso in these qualities Stroll is Always kind of the underdog. You always hear that coming from me and Manch. Uh, I mean, we'll see. I, I think he's a very good race car driver, but I, I, it's it'll be very, very hard for him to finish in the points just because I don't see him as the best uh, street circuit driver. So that's going to be interesting. I I do believe that Aston Martin is going to come out with points this weekend, though, ultimately. Let's move over to McLaren. We had Norris come in sixth, and this is what's going to be very, very interesting for McLaren. They do not have the straight line speed that any of these other cars have, necessarily. But And we did see that in Baku, where we were just pretty much sitting ducks out there. But Norris is very good at these during these Monaco races. And, you know, I would not be shocked seeing him up there, like fighting for top six again. You know, I, I do think that his veteran experience is going to put him vastly ahead of Piastri when it comes to qualifying, as it will be for all the other rookies that are out there, I think will struggle. But I think Norris is, I mean, everyone calls him the best of the rest, but he's me and Manch's superhero. He's our Superman. I do expect big things out of him this weekend, and I will be very, very sad if he does not get McLaren points because Alpine is right behind us trying to get us. We stole their, we stole Piastri from them, so there's definitely some hatred in that building towards us. So, as long as we're better than Alpine, that's all that matters. With that being said, let's talk about Alpine. Ocon, Gasly, are they a great pairing? Who knows? We were saying that earlier in the year they would be, but we have we have not really seen them both dominate a race. And 
I just think that they don't have the car necessarily. So they're really going to have to be like fighting for these last couple points here. And who do they push out from the top four teams? I just said, we'll see anything can happen because anyone can crash. Anyone can crash into someone else, but I do expect them to be ahead of ahead of all the other cars on the grid that I haven't spoken about, like Alfa Romeo, uh, Alfa Tori, Haas, Williams. And, I, you know, I think them and McLaren will have a good fight this weekend. I think that's really something to be key on. McLaren versus Alpine, because this is going to set up. It's either going to give McLaren a great lead or... Or it's going to put Alpine ahead of McLaren and McLaren having the fight to get back at Alpine. So that's going to be really something cool to watch because I expect those cars to be close together. And Alpine just did get upgrade, so that's something to watch here during that race. Let's talk about Alfa Romeo now. Botas came in ninth last year. He's an experienced driver on this track. He's won this track before. I do expect him to be fighting for points again. I expect him to have a great qualifying all these young guys, you see them struggle. Struggle. Valtteri's a veteran. He's been in Formula One for a long, long time now. He's he's a fan of this race. As I said, he's won it before, so I expect him to do very good here. Joe Guanyu, we shall see. He's been he's been putting in decent times. Hasn't really broken through with the points, but this could be his weekend. Monaco. Anything can happen, like I've been saying. So, Alfa Romeo points, do I see it? Mm, I, I, I don't. I don't, honestly, but Valtteri could always shock me. Let's talk about Alfa Tori, Yuki, and Nick DeVries. If they have any chance at scoring points, it's Yuki coming in here and snagging one of these last points spots. Nick DeVries... Alpha Tori is literally praying that he does not crash. That's what that's what they're doing going into this weekend. They're praying Yuki gets points and praying Nick DeVries doesn't crash so they don't have to pay more money into that car. And Haas. Haas is 100% praying that they do not crash. I don't expect them to do very well on this track. Do I expect them to get points? Hell no, I don't. They don't have some of the best drivers. They do have veterans, but there's a reason why they're on Haas. I'm just going to go over the Williams because don't think that Haas really need anything else. Williams, Albon, it's going to be interesting. He's kind of struggled on this track before. Logan Sargent, I'm praying for my USA man, but I do see Williams struggle. Now let's move on to the five DNFs that everyone knows about. So me and Manch always pick five drivers that we think are going to have DNFs. Do we want them to crash? No. We wish this this uh, race had 20 drivers finish it, but we're just being realistic here. Some people aren't going to finish most of the time. So I did let Manch go first again this week because 
he's not going to be here. You know, I had to be a gentleman. He's at his anime convention. He's living life. Let's 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 hear what Manch has for our five DNFs this week. So he started it off with George Russell, which I found very very interesting. Interesting. Nick DeVries. I mean, you could have penciled that in. Piastri, a little sad, but I kind of do agree with him. Albon and Hulkenberg. Notice that he really doesn't have any veterans there, and most of these cars are not the top three teams, Red Bull, Ferrari, or Aston Martin. So I do I do like his five DNFs. I'm, I'm kind of scared of the competition right now. Let's talk about mine. I do have Logan Sargent in there. I love the man USA all the way, but I'm I'm kind of terrified for his first Monaco experience. And me and Manch kind of agreed here. Piastri, I'm a little scared. I, I was going to put Nick DeVries, but it's almost too easy. I'll probably regret that decision come Sunday, but who knows. And with my third spot, I have Charles Leclerc. I think the curse is real, and I do believe that he will not be finishing this race. I also have Ocon, who is kind of aggressive, not the best place to be aggressive at, so I do expect him to tap someone else. And another guy who's also super aggressive and loves bumping into people and going tire the tire is Lance Stroll. So to round out our five DNFs, Manchez, Russell, DeVries, Piastri, Albon, Hulkenberg, and I have Sargent, Piastri, Leclerc, Ocon, and Stroll. That's all I really got for you guys this week. Thank you for listening to Formula One with Mike and Manch on our 10th episode of previewing the Monaco Grand Prix. We'll have another episode out for you next week. Hopefully Manch comes back from Monaco, a whole new man. And... I'm excited to talk with him about this race. But thank you again for listening. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Mike and Manch. Comment, DM us, reply. Anything you guys have questions about, anything you want us to talk about. But thank you again so much for listening. And peace out. Thank you.